Hey, you're listening to Meet the Difference Makers, an Enroll Films podcast where we talk to the difference makers inside higher education. Each episode is crafted to bring you a dose of encouragement, a spark of inspiration, and a heartfelt reminder that the incredible work you're doing in higher ed is changing lives. And now your host, Ryan Coral. In today's episode of Meet the Difference Makers, we talk about the role of faith in shaping educational experiences. We talk about the impact of personal stories in higher education, and we also talk about overcoming challenges in higher ed. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Ryan Coral. I am the host of the show and also the founder of Enroll Films. Super pumped to have you. If you are in development or marketing for your institution, I've got a free resource that can help you enroll students, engage your alumni, and get more donors. It is called our Testimonial Capture Checklist, which is going to help you tell better stories, the the amazing things, the life-changing things that are happening as a result of your institution and the people who are giving their lives for this work. Uh, I I really think that testimonials done right are going to help you stand apart from your competition. So you can get access to this free download at enrollfilms.com slash checklist. And once you download it, you're going to get a couple of bonus videos. Uh, I'm going to teach in one video a very simple technique that we use when we are filming testimonials. And this technique is going to elevate your stories as well as uh, make them feel real and authentic and alive and uh, impactful. I also have a short training on how to engage your alumni with such an easy and effective prompt that when we started using it, I was like, oh my gosh, this seems too easy, uh, but it is effective. And I'm also going to share you, share you, I'm going to share with you, I'm also going to share with you how you can automate this entire process so that you can equip your team with what they need to capture high quality, authentic testimonials, soulful testimonials that will resonate with your ideal audience. I want your school to make powerful videos and show off what makes you awesome. And if I can't do it, if our team doesn't do it, I want to equip you with some tools that will make it easier for you. So go grab the testimonial capture checklist and rollfilms.com slash checklist. And now let's dive into today's interview with Phil Cook. What's up, friends? Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today with me is Phil Cook, who is the president and CEO of the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals. Phil, pumped to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. That's a mouthful. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> that, that, that's a long title, and I know it, man. And and it, it, we go by NACAP is what the, the professional title is. But I will tell you, I hope this is fun. Uh, my colleagues and friends were both surprised and happy that the NAACP would hire me. That's what they said to me when they hired me. I said, no, it's a different acronym, a great good organization, but we're a different organization. So that's what I do every day. That's my day-to-day life. Yes, sir. Uh, I love it. So Phil, uh, give us just a little context. Like what does this work look like? What is the organization? organization? What do you guys do? It's a membership organization. So we serve uh, colleges and universities and also high schools all around North America um, that are seeking to advance. Our mission is advancing 
Christian education. That's what we do every day. So it's a membership organization where we serve them, give them resources, professional development, um, also help in the recruitment process. Uh, we have Christian college fairs around the country, anywhere from 130, of 40, 130 to 140 of those a year. Um, we do an annual conference. We do webinars. We, we have a podcast that's not nearly as good as yours, I'm sure, but we have a little podcast that we do, and we're just trying to uh, bring visibility and um, advance the opportunities for people to have their lives changed mm. through, in our case, a Christian college university and also Christian high schools. That's what I get to do every day. Yeah. So what does your work look like? Like, what are you, what's your day to day? Uh, and so I'm connecting with people all around the country. So today, for example, I had a staff meeting. Um, uh, also, we're meeting tonight. We're doing a virtual college fair and we're doing a virtual webinar with a financial aid director. Uh, you know, where somebody says financial aid director, you're like snooze fest, you know, yeah. <laughs> not, not the guy that we have. This guy's man, he's invigorating. He's he makes you and I look like introverts, man. He's mm. he's a great he's gonna talk about the application for financial aid that's changing across higher ed. So this yeah. year, the government's changed financial aid. So we're doing a, a live webinar with him tonight and tomorrow. I'm traveling from where I am in Nashville down to Birmingham, Alabama, to be on a campus where we're doing some professional development for Christian school counselors and also help spread the word of a place called Sanford University. So I'm traveling a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm Zoom calling, webinaring, meeting people, relationship building. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it very much. Never never a dull day for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What what for you, like how, how did you end up at NACAP and like what what's your uh, like what's your drive behind being there. Man, that we were talking before we came on for everybody to hear uh, you were sharing your story. And my story is one where, you know, I was I grew up in a, in a very traditional kind of home. Mom and dad, three brothers uh, adopted mm. a, a, a sister later on mm. in our lives. Just kind of the traditional family. You know, people look at this family and it's all uh, I'm dating myself here because I'm pretty sure I'm older than you, but kind of like leave it to be or kind of Andy Griffith. You know, everything's all copacetic and perfect for this family in mm. western Pennsylvania is where I grew up. Um, I claim up all of Pennsylvania's home. Uh, but my, my father was a pastor. And, you know, we had some things happen in our lives that that uh, he was no longer a pastor. And so mm. part of our story, the realness of our story is that we were we were the scarlet letter. You know, we were the other. We became ostracized in our community and we had nothing, um, literally quite fairly nothing, no job, nothing. And so our family story was one where we carried this weight of hurt and being wounded. And I went to a college and that college, man, it, uh, it's not an exaggeration to say they, they spiritually, they saved my life emotionally. I mean, all the things it, it changed my life, man. So when I go to a campus and I had people that cared about me as a human being, as a person, as a man, that changed my life. And so now I get the chance to tell other people about college universities that then in turn get to change their lives. So, and we have 370 members in our organization. It's going up every day, which is a good thing. So these schools represent an opportunity to change lives. And that's how I got to here. And that's why I get up ready to go every day. Oh, I love that. Take me, take me to Lee University and you're there as a student What's like one of the first experiences that you have where you're like, this is, this is different. This is, this might actually be really, really good for me. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that, Ryan. So for me, I, 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 Lee University is my alma mater. It's a place where I worked for 28 years prior to just two years ago when I came to NACAP. So it's the only professional organization or work I really have ever known. And um, so it was home. Uh, Tennessee was home, although I grew up in Pennsylvania, 
My three children were all born and reared in Tennessee. Uh, my wife's a Georgia girl, by the way. I didn't ask you about that, but my wife's a Georgia girl. I think you, Michigan for you, right? You told me the story yep. earlier. Oh, yeah. So for me, you know, I can, I can, yeah, when I meet somebody from Michigan, I can hear them. They say salad or Natalie <laughs> or something like that. You know, you can hear that A. You know, Gosh. it's true. <laughs> yeah, my, wife, yeah, yeah. my wife was different. My name is Phil, and people from Michigan say Phil, but I met her and she said, feel. And I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, you got my attention now. <laughs> so she's from Atlanta, Georgia. We met in our first class of English class. Man, it's so cliche, it's embarrassing to even say it. But she walked in and I was like, uh, I think that's my wife. I mean, it was, it was a few pounds ago. It was no gray beard. I had ginger glow in the dark orange hair and she was beautiful. So I try to tell her now that having a sense of humor is sexy. At least I hope that's the case. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it's the case or not. But for me, my first experience was going to a chapel service and having a guy stand up in front of a group of 2,000 people and tell his story. That's when I knew this place was a little different. Now, all of our schools have chapel. But for me in that moment where two years prior, I was Cain, uh, we were the Scarlet Letter people, that there are people here that are going to care about me. The first experience for me was this chapel service where this dude this dude was telling the story, man. He was keeping it real. And since then, that's how I roll. I mean, mm. life's too short. we got too much work to do to care about other people, to not be real and tell the truth. So this guy told his story, and that got a hold of my life, got a hold of my attention. And then that's when it started me down the, 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 the four years that changed my life that had me work there for 28 years. Yeah. Yeah, what what uh, that's incredible. So I think you were probably there. Uh, I was mentioned before we started rolling uh, that uh, it was probably 2000, 2002, 2003 that I went down <clears throat> and I forget exactly why we were there. But uh, our friends, friends of mine, uh, they ran a, a drama group called One Time Blind. I don't know if that, that sounds familiar. <clears throat> They, they they were just a group of friends that did these really powerful uh, dramatizations. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember um, why we ended up down there. As as you're like considering, you know, you're graduating and you're thinking about the future, what was, uh, when did you decide like, hey, this is, I want to stay here. I want to, I want to invest more in here. What was that decision making like? Hey, you, you mentioned earlier, too, that you'd spent a couple of years in enrollment. Nobody in our line of work, I mean, secular, public, community college, R1, University of Tennessee, whatever it might be, no one starts off to be in admissions. Nobody. I mean, they, anybody tells a story says it was an accident. So for me, I didn't start in admissions. I started in student affairs. We called it student life. Some people call it student development. Man, I was the RD, a dorm supervisor of 158 freshman guys. Oh, gosh. For real. I'm a newlywed. My wife and I have been married for just a year. I'm going to graduate school and I'm in charge of 158 guys. So there's a ton of stories I can tell you about that. that can oh go on. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be the, 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 if there's yeah. a next time, right? But yeah, that's that a whole podcast right there. By itself, by itself we'd have to have <laughs> the button ready to go on that one. But, um, but uh, my first semester doing that, there was, as a long story to get to, but there was a fire in a dorm across campus in the middle of the night, 1993, November 4, 1993. I'm the RD across the street 
the one across the street from me was an old building guy, you know, guy, girl drama, locals drive by, cat called some girls that would say, what did you say? What are you doing? You know, the guys come back, shoot a shotgun in the air to be silly. We call it not me, but some, some guys over there call the police. They put them in jail. Retaliating for that, these guys came by and doused a room. We called it a prayer room in our world with gas, dude, at Lee College, what we were called then, lit the match. So I'm across the street, not in this dorm. 93 guys in that building, not one died. Nobody died. Serious injuries is a miracle, man. It's a miracle. That's a oh podcast. Gosh. People have written wow. books about it. I was on campus at Lee University last week from a mater, and I spoke in chapel, and I told a story about this, what was called the Ellis Hall fire. The point is, that galvanized me to this work, man. You talk about you know not having a choice. Uh, I, mm. My life has changed by my experience in the classroom, on a sports field, on intramural sports fields where I'm losing my mind, being a spaz, you know, being stupid and somebody giving me grace and mercy, you know, going to a chapel service here and somebody being real, seeing, seeing what I thought was my wife turned out. I was right about that. 32 years later now we've been married. But this fire in a dorm, man, that was the thing that kind of, of course, caught my attention rebounding from that literally out of the fire was one of the key moments in building university. When I was a student there in 1988, we had about a thousand students. When I left there in 2020, we had 5,000 students. So it was just a wonderful story of God's provision and grace and growth and working hard, working hard, man, and seeing the results of your work and the fruits of your labor. That's a spiritual principle. That's just a human principle. You work hard and be good to people and good things will happen. Oh man, I love it. I wish you were like a little more passionate, a little more excited. I know. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> I don't know if that's quick the podcast, but it's true. It's, it's so good. And it's yeah. my life and experience we're lived in. You set me up yeah. for this in our pregame, our pregame meeting, man. You got me fired up. So whenever, <laughs> whenever it's real and you live it, and now somebody yeah. can believe us or not, but hopefully they'll be able to sense that and think this this is truth. And that truth is is hopefully something anybody can listen to this and take away and, and have their life be better. Mm, yeah, that's so good. What's what would you say is what one of your proudest moments <laughs> in in the work that that you've you've done? Hmm. You know, we had some we had a lot of success. You know, I worked for a president for thirty two years, the same president, Jeez. which is unprecedented in higher education. Thirty two yeah. years, he's still on the campus there. He is a mentor to this day. He is the person I aspire to be like. You know, you think I have passion. This guy's 78 years old. He's not retiring. You talk to him. Oh, he, makes, he makes me look like a chump change compared to what he brings. <laughs> but, um, so we were wide open, man. Uh, it, it, we, we both will talk about enrollment a little bit. We, people say, what's your strategic enrollment plan? Well, my campus, our campus at Lee University, we had a strategic enrollment plan. Wasn't a big old three ring binder on a, on a, a shelf. It was one phrase, one more than last year. Mm. That's it. What does that mean? That means we're going to travel more. We're going to work hard. We're going to make more phone calls. Now, this is pre-texting and pre-digital media. We're going to do more campus visits. We're going to have more campus preview days. We're going to talk more and learn more about how to give a little bit more scholarship money. It was just a way of life mm. that it carried with my whole life, one more than last year. So we had success. We grew, as I mentioned, from about 1,000 students to more than 5,000. You know, but I think maybe maybe the successes for me are, you know, when I when I go to chapel last week and I speak and I get a text message from a kid who was in my dorm, not in the fire year, yeah. but just a, a kid. Shoot, he's a grown man now. He's got a family of his own and he has a wonderful life. And maybe I had just a little bit, a little small part in getting him to that campus. And then when he was there, having relationship with him and continuing to talk with him, there are a series of those. There are a lot of those. But man, for me, it's relationships that have come out of that. 
um, where people's lives are absolutely better. Because again, that was my story. And that's what I want for everybody that I get that I worked with there. And also what I get to do every day. Yeah, that's so good. Um, there's a lot of people that would say college isn't worth it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money and, um, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And you can, you can learn a lot online. You can learn a lot, um, just by working, interning and mm-hmm. getting going on, on your career. And a lot of people don't, you know, there's a lot of careers out there that don't need a degree. What do you, what do you say to those people? Man, I love that. That's like setting me up for a, if it were, well, I was a marginal athlete. I wasn't a good athlete. Like you were saying earlier, I was a marginal athlete, but I love sports. I still love them. Right. So that's kind of setting me up on a tee for it. Um, It is true that when you take an anecdotal one story and say, look, I didn't go to college and and I started working, I'm made, I've been successful in business. It's hard to argue the power of that one story. And I am not an, I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a data informed guy. Mm. I, I talk all the time about being data driven, data driven, data driven. I'm not data driven. I'm mission driven. What's my mm. mission, man? What's my purpose? What What's driving me is my purpose in life. And secondly, man, I'm people driven. This is about relationships. I've said it already. So for me, it is worth it. What's it worth to go to college and meet people and and live with one another and engage with one another? I'm not living my life in a vacuum. I'm not living in isolation. Some people can, some people can do that. But for me, the best life, and I'm not even speaking spiritually now, man, I'm just talking about just a, a life that's well-lived, can't live in isolation, right? So for me, um, that that that's where I go to right away. But then the numbers in aggregate, People overwhelmingly do better when they go to college. People do better financially. People are more civic-minded. People do better socially. People have better lives when they go to college. So this um, outlier of high debt, in my opinion, uh, I'm in Nashville, and I won't name any names, but there are some folks here in Nashville talk about uh, debt is bad. I agree. Absolutely. Working hard every day to be debt-free, man. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my doggone best. But I had to borrow money to go to Lee University. Was that money well spent? Yes, it was for me because mm-hmm. the power of what was the gospel to me, it changed yeah. my life. So for me, uh, the education that I get, the experience, the lived experience that you get, I'm not living in isolation, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. I, yeah. I, I couldn't do that. And so it's in aggregate, the numbers show that going to college is better. You have a better life. Um, and what's it worth uh, finding the right person to spend your life with, the kind of people you have a relationship with, that you're in business with, um, the yeah. kind of people when you're in a pinch and you have nowhere else to turn, there's a short list of people I call today. And all of them were my time around being in a college campus. Um, My family's on that too, right? Of course. But those people that I talked to, the ones that I wouldn't, if I needed something, they're going to be people that I lived in a dorm with, went to class with, messed up with, did stupid stuff with, but now it's redemptive and we still have relationships. So man, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm all about going to college because it changed my life. And I can believe Mm. it changes the listeners here their sons, their daughters, their grandkids, or themselves, college at the right place and the right fit will absolutely change the trajectory of your life. And I'm here for it all day long. Oh, man. Yes, let's go. Yeah, I think that's an important point, though. And you said it right there at the end. Right fit. uh, Mm -hmm. What did you say? Right time, right fit. Um, Yes. Yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not like, yeah, just enroll in the local university. You do think my first, well, uh, yeah, first two semesters of school, I was at a university. Uh, first semester, 
got a 1.2 GPA. I, I was like, so just figuring out my life and distracted. All my friends are away. And, and then the second semester, I felt like I had some purpose in my life. I enrolled at this little community college cause I'm paying for everything myself. And uh, it was expensive to go to this university to, to get a 1.2 GPA. And I was like, I need to rethink this. So yeah. I'm at this, uh, you know, this community college. And, uh, I just, I'm like, that's what I tell people all the time. Is there a best college or best university? No, there isn't a best college. There is not a best university. Right away, people's minds go to Ivy League in terms of academics. Now, there's a lot of conversation right. about that, you know, especially for people of faith, what that means. Um, is there a best school in our organization? We have some outstanding schools. Just in Michigan alone, we're talking about your story. Yeah. Where I live in Indiana, where I was in Tennessee, there are a lot of great schools. Is there a yeah. best school? No, but there is a best fit, best place for me, and yeah. there's a best fit for you. That's yeah. the whole ball game. Now, this is this is this decision of going to college is worth all the hype. You know, okay, absent, and again, we both share we're people of faith. Absent becoming a believer and and, and coming to the knowledge of salvation in Christ. What's the next biggest decision that you have in life? Okay, who you're going to be, who you're going to spend your life with, your marriage. And that decision is frequently uh, predicated by where you go to school. Now, that's right, not a reason right. to school because, but what right. are you going to do? What's your major? All right. of those pressures together, it is true, but it's not about the best school. So people should not worry and spend their was about finding the best school. Got to yeah. find the best school for you. Yeah. And then you might even transfer like you did. Or yeah. you might stay all four years like I did and stay 28 years because you right. can just never leave, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, so, you know, for me, I'm at these two schools, this university, a community college, and, and I'm like, this is fine. But then, you know, another community college uh, semester, and then I end up at Rochester and, and then I realized like, oh my goodness, like this is the right fit for me. These are my people. This is, uh, this is this is everything I I didn't know I wanted and needed and and it is here for me and 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 I'm here for it and it changed my life and and you're so right like I think there there can be a lot of guilt or a lot of pressure for a student or for parents to feel like oh we got it you know you just got to go and I'd say like no like that's like if you're just going to go uh, but if you really are are if you have some purpose and you and you have some, I mean, for me, it, it just came down to that. The first year of me being in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my, I didn't know who I wanted to be. <laughs> and it was when I started to discover what I wanted to be, not what I wanted to do. I thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'll be a teacher or something like work with students. That would be really fun. But when I started to think like, I want to work with students because I had a physics teacher who changed my life. I had a, a football coach yeah. in high school that changed my life. And, and I, I'm like, that's what I want to be. I want to be somebody that can change somebody's life like my life was changed. And that, for me, was the thing that said, like, okay, what school do I need to go to where I'm going to experience that? Another semester at community college, I'm like, yeah, this is good for the – But and then opportunity comes to go to this university that that is mission-driven. I'm like, sign me up all day long. Man, I don't know if people who people make videos or make video media about this, but we got us something right here because that's the that's the that's the ball game for someone like me and our stories are so similar. When people and I get it, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what my purpose is. Why should I spend this amount of money at this school? I hear you. At the same time, for me, not knowing what I wanted to do, there was no better place for me to be. Yeah. Because I'm around people who care about not just the very narrow piece of my life that was right. what's your profession gonna be? 
it's more than that, man. It's, so to be around people who are thinking about uh, bigger pictures than that to me. So it's not just about the price, although price is very important. Um, yeah. what the, people only look through the lens of cost. They only look through that. So we would say it's not just about cost. It's not just about proximity, but man, it's about the people. It's about the people you're going to be around who will, as you said, a physics teacher. For me, it was an economics teacher whose English was really poor, but he came from Mexico and he got here and he told story about picking cotton in Mexico, making pennies a day, came to the U.S., came to my institution where I was because of a, a church connection. He came, got a degree, went and worked for three or four years st- st- trading stocks and became pretty wealthy right away. But it was unfulfilling. He came back to teach. And this guy, Ermilo Hasso, changed my life with an econ class because he was successful. He had a wonderful moving story. And he loved Jesus. And those things all coalesced for me to say, that's what I want to do. That's so good. I also, like, I, I, I want to double down on the relationship aspect, too, because I think about, even as you were sharing, I'm like, yeah, my I, we use Marco Polo. It's this, like, video messaging app. My and, family. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, two of my best, one, one guy that was a roommate, another guy that lived down the hall from us, uh, almost every single day we are sharing just like, you know, here's what's going on, you know, dumb stuff, funny stuff, serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are guys that I've known for 20 plus years. And one of them was in my wedding. Poor Sean wasn't in my wedding. Sean, I still love you, man. If, if we did it all <laughs> over again, you'd be in it. Um, and then, you know, my other best friend, Jason, uh, and his wife, Holly, and, you know, these guys' wives, like, it's just like the relationships that you build or, or can build, uh, when, when you're in a space like that, it, it is, it's very different from high school. Uh, it's very different from people that you work with. Uh, there is nothing like it. And I just am becoming more and more a believer in the power of higher ed and the opportunities that it creates. Uh, I've, I've kind of come full circle thinking I'm not going to push my kids into college. Now I'm like, you guys really need to consider this because this is the only time in your life we're going to have this space and this time to do this thing. Uh, please consider it because this is where I met your mom. This is where I fell in love. I mean, is there a better reason to, you know, consider me for me alums that don't send it to that? They're thinking through the lens of we want better for our kid. Okay. You went to, we went to this small Christian school and I want kids to go to Ivy. Okay. Respect. On the other hand, what are the pauses about what happened in your life here? I don't know if you saw recently, but I saw a quote by Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. By the way, a guy who was a great athlete, you know, and and dominant in his whole thing and went back and finished a PhDs, Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. People don't know that, but this dude oh. finished a doctorate, an earned doctorate, which oh. respect for him. But he was saying just today something about, man, at the stage of my life, I want to have good relationships. I want to be good to people. I want to be around people that are, that's where I am. And for me, yeah. those relationships, it's my faith and it's my family, and then it's this small group of people with whom I have a common bond and common connection. And for me, I would be, uh, I don't know if I could get my paycheck this week if I didn't say, yes, higher education is the way to go. Education changes lives. For me, a Christ-centered higher education absolutely is the whole ballgame. That's worth every borrowed dollar. That's worth every working second job. That's worth every parent doubling down on it and making it happen. Are we perfect? No. Are there stories of failure? Absolutely. But the good and the aggregate, I think, far outweigh the positives of and it changed my life. And that's the common connection that we're even having in our in our stories as well. Yeah, that's so good. So how how do you want to encourage people uh, as we as we wind down here, thinking through 
you know, people are coming from all different places, people that are working in higher ed. Uh, I think there's, there's, we can feel the pain of what's happening. We can feel the monotony of the work that we have in front of us. Uh, we can forget our purpose and we can forget the meaning and the mission and, uh, and the reason behind the, the reason why we do what we do. How would you encourage those people? I was at a, a group last week and they asked me to just give the kind of the state of the profession in the higher ed, what's going on. And again, my my comments, my focus is more in the in the Christian higher ed, but there are some strong headwinds. Not all, They're not out there. They're honest. Uh, we have schools that are closing in our membership. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. I don't shy away from that. A merger from schools out Northwest last week of two, two smaller schools that are trying to make it. It's tough, man. It is hard, not just in the regular professional grind it out, do your job, kind of, you know, schedule a podcast and show up and hopefully it's something good kind of way. But it's the grind of making phone calls and making visits and looking all of that that goes on in higher ed. It is a grind. My encouragement, my admonition is hard not to talk about a sacred text. And for you and I, the sacred text sacred text would be the Bible. And I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us not to be weary in our well-doing. So even though it, the, it's, it's, it's tough out there and the pressures are, are seem insurmountable, well, for yeah. me, I know of too many good stories. Too, there's too many Phil, Cook, and Ryans in the world who still are out there that are in high school that don't know about their life yet to be changed. Yeah. That's what I focus on. Even if the number gets smaller, so be it. If it requires a remnant, so be it. I don't want to be worried in my well-doing. I would say to you in the work that you're doing, I'm stoked about what you're doing, about how you're telling the story of what we're sharing here today, right? So don't be weary in your well-doing. Keep grinding it out. Keep working hard because um, you are impacting people. I believe we're impacting people. And ultimately, it's not just about a better life. It's about eternity for me. And boy, that, that that's motivating as well. So that's my encouragement that hopefully someone would take from the work that we get to do together. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep that mindset like one more. If the work you can do can help one more student, uh, I mean, it's worth it. And, and that's why for me, it's just, it's so easy. And it took a while. It took a bunch of years of me running this video production business to realize the the life change that I experienced. And I'm like, man, like I'm telling stories of all sorts of businesses and cool, amazing people and things. But I'm like, I, I here's where I've been most impacted. So why don't why don't I just double down on this area that like gets me so fired up and see where I can finally see the potential and and help pull that out of people and say like, man, your story, this makes you unique. Nobody else has your story. If you're not telling it, you are doing a disservice. If people aren't able to, to people can figure out, are you a fit? Are they a better fit when they can understand your story? If all you share, all you're promoting is your, your buildings and your programs and your thing, it's like, that's, there's, there's a lot that it looks the same amongst a lot of schools, but no story is going to be the same as my story, your story from Lee University. Uh, that's a school that they should be telling, or that's a, that's a story that they should yeah. be telling. And yeah. the sooner we realize the power in our stories, the quicker mm -hmm. it's going to be for somebody to to align and say like, yeah, I could see my story coming yeah. to life there. That's yeah. that's a place where I, I really feel it. We so, do some yeah. training. We do a lot of trainings. In this training, we tell people in these little marketing ideas to be what makes it distinctive about your your 
um, your campus because everybody's got yeah. caring faculty. Everybody's right. got you know all these small classes. You know what's interesting? I don't think it ever crystallized for me until you said it. Well, it's the it's my story. It's the authenticity of my story how it impacted on our campus. So I get the chance to do that for more than two hundred college universities around the country about the yeah. powerness of our own authentic story that will carry the day every time. And so yeah, it's an encouragement to me as well. Love that. Phil, this is so good, man. Uh, this is just like, I'm so glad, thankful to Bart Kaler, props yes. Bart for the yes. introduction here. Um, how can people connect with you, follow along with the work that you're you're up to? Yeah, well, um, I'm on all the socials, you know, of course, and, and we're trying to do a better job to get our imprint um, through uh, NACAP, N-A-C-C-A-P, Dot org. That's our website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Phil Cook NACAP. Um, be happy to, my email is phil at NACAP.org. Man, we're eager to connect with anybody. I tell people all the time that we're advancing, we're spreading the gospel is what we're doing. And in this case, it's the gospel of the good news of the NACAP work that we're doing, but also to me a larger good news as well. So any of the social medias, Phil Cook NACAP, I'd be eager to engage with anybody and, and serve anyone in, in, in this process together. And appreciate your passion. Uh, super excited uh, for the work that you're doing. And again, thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for being here, my friend. So good to have you. If you like this episode, please share it with somebody you think might get something out of it. If you think you know somebody that should be on the show, introduce them to me or tell them, hey, you should check this show out because I think you should be on it. You can contact me. My email is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at enrollfilms.com. Uh, if you like the show and you want to rate it, that would be cool too. Um, but really, I if there's anything I can do to help serve you, please let me know. If you're ready to have a conversation about uh, doing video storytelling at your institution, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I will do a very high pressure sales pitch as to why you should hire my team and I. Just kidding. Not a, I was going to say not at all. I'm definitely kidding about the sales pitch. Um, but would love to chat with you and see uh, see if we might be able to help you. I already gave my email address, so I'm not gonna do it again. Um, <laughs> seriously, appreciate you listening. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And until then, here is to making a difference. Bye for now.